is the only bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, and we're committed to the success of women entrepreneurs and majority women-owned companies across Canada. As a proud partner of the Thrive Podcast, we're here to help you start, grow, or scale your business. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women today. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Thrive Podcast for Women Entrepreneurs. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. Applications are now open for the Canadian Export Challenge, CXC 2020, presented in partnership with UPS, the Trade Commissioner Service, and Export Development Canada, along with MasterCard and Scotiabank, and powered by Google Canada, is the first nationwide fully digital pitch competition for Canadian exporters. This year, the Canadian Export Challenge will be accepting all first round pitches through online video submissions. Don't miss your chance to pitch for up to $25,000 cash and up to $100,000 in support. What are you waiting for? Submit your pitch video now. The free events are open to attend for all Canadian entrepreneurs and anyone interested in learning more about the Canadian export ecosystem. Register at startupcan.ca forward slash CXC. listening to the Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Thrive Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and other support to help you make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization, and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, Executive Director at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Jessica Keats, president of the Women's Business Network of the National Capital Region on our show today. Jessica is an international healer, intuitive and medium known for her ability to make profound change in her client's mind, body and soul within two to three sessions. Jessica is renowned for healing limiting beliefs, fears and past traumas so her clients improve physically and emotionally while reaching new heights professionally. Jessica is the president of the Women's Business Network of the National Capital Region, a nonprofit corporation established in 1981. Today, the WBN proudly provides opportunities to support, promote, and empower Ottawa businesswomen to reach their full potential and create success on their own terms. Jessica is passionate about women embracing their full potential, finding their inner power, and becoming the leaders they are meant to be. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Um, before we dive into today, today's conversation, what are the top pieces of advice that you want women entrepreneurs to take out of our chat today? Sure, Kayla. The first piece of advice that I would give women entrepreneurs is to put themselves first. Uh, mm. As business owners, we're often putting our business first or our families first, and we often forget about ourselves. And then the next piece of advice is to surround yourself with women who are supportive and who uh, want to see you do great things. Uh, 
being part of networks like the WBN um, or networks that are in your area, though, that's really going to help motivate you and um, and fill you with the inspiration that you need to keep moving forward. Fantastic. And I imagine we're going to talk a lot about that in today's conversation. So looking forward to getting your feedback um, on both of those, those areas. So to kick things off, take us on your entrepreneurial journey. Um, it seems like uh, so much of your business has really focused on self-development um, and really improving yourself from within. Um, does this stem from your own experience in self-development? What is your journey? So my, I became an entrepreneur almost accidentally, to be honest. Mm. I was <laughs> the type of person who uh, loved working for other people and never really wanted to get out in front or lead. So um Becoming an entrepreneur was not something that I had thought of for myself. I was on a journey probably of my own self-development and my own healing as well as trying to help others. I think that when we have... um, wounds that need to be healed. We often find ourselves in company of other people with wounds that need to be healed. And then Mm. we often turn into like this sort of helping, uh, this person that helps. And, Mm. um, so I had been teaching, you know, teaching fitness, teaching yoga. Um, and then I got into teaching yoga therapy and it was when I wanted to certify as a yoga therapist that I, it was a requirement for me to start a business. Mm. Uh, it was a requirement requirement for me to be able to see clients and do case studies that were paying clients. And, uh, and this is kind of how my entrepreneurial journey kicked off. Very cool. So what have you learned? Uh, what have been the biggest lessons that you've learned throughout that journey? And interesting that you sort of started um, specifically focusing on health. And, and I'm sure that that's manifested in how you operate as an entrepreneur. Walk us through that a little bit. Yeah. So uh, what I learned was, you know, Building a business at the same time as going through like yoga therapy training actually really modeled a great way to do business, which was mm. putting myself first and looking at what I was feeling, what I was experiencing, and really honoring those things and balancing them out. Um, so this really changed like formulated essentially how I do business and how I run even the WBN today, right? So I I promote that with every woman that I come across and um and I I operate from that model, right? So people ask me often, you know, Jessica, how can you how can you do so much? How can you be involved so much? And I say I always say it's me first. Me first. Mm. And it doesn't take much, right? It only takes a little bit of time every day for you to fulfill your own wants, needs, desires, and then you can you can do things for everyone else, but you'll be operating from a very different model. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that that sentiment of, of, you know, you have to fill up, you can't pour from an empty cup, you have to fill up your cup in advance of helping others. And that sometimes I think for a lot of entrepreneurs feels uh, not possible. So how have you navigated uh, people maybe saying, you know, that that's a luxury I don't have, uh, focusing on myself first, because I have all these different competing demands, and I'm supporting staff, and I'm supporting this business that I'm growing. Um, how do you navigate those those conversations when people say I don't have that luxury of putting myself first? I do run into that often, Kayla, because Mm -hmm. we, women especially, we're not, I don't think we're raised to put ourselves first. Mm -hmm. Although Mm -hmm. we are raised to raise families and we do understand how to look after an infant or a baby or a Mm -hmm. child. And so sometimes I flip it and I say, 
honestly, it's really parenting yourself. Like hmm. no one's parenting you anymore. Like you, you need to be able to do the things that you require. Otherwise, you know, happy baby, happy mom, right? Like happy mm-hmm. mom, happy everything else. Like, <laughs> yes. You, right. And for those that don't, that don't have that family experience, it's, it's really um, showing them that you know, being a model of it can really help to affect, okay, maybe I can do it, right? So me always coming out and modeling that behavior really, and when I don't, I say it, right? Oh, you know what? Oh, I was a bit, you know, out of balance today. And I apologize, like I apologize for when I do step over the line, right? Because I say like, I, I obviously did not take care of something that I needed today in order to be able to show up in a way that was supportive and, um, and was progressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that self-awareness piece is so, so critical. And, and having that honest conversation with yourself in those moments, I think, is really key. Um, and, and as, you know, our entrepreneurs um, grow their organizations, that modeling behavior can be where things get very complicated, that, you know, you're, you're trying to encourage your staff to have work-life balance or encouraging them to um, put themselves first. But if you're not modeling that behavior and, you know, walking that talk, that's a disconnect that, that people see very visibly. Yes, it is. Uh, And that's why it's so important to model for even, you know, for the entrepreneur women who are listening, who have, um, who have employees or are, you know, scaling their business and bringing more people Mm -hmm. into the fold. It's if you, if you want a business that's running um, effectively and also with empathy and also like almost reality, right? Like we're, Mm. we're being true to what's really happening. Um, then we need to be modeling this behavior. And when we model it, um, we actually, what we do create is, um, employees that feel like they can contribute and bring their gifts into the business, right? And just mm. the same as with our families, right? We, we, when we model this behavior, we actually create uh, family members who are also contributing, right? They're, they're not waiting to be taken care of. They're taking care of themselves and then contributing back into um, the family life or the organizational life. Mm. And and so a lot of your work um, really stems around embracing imperfection as well, which kind of naturally flows uh, as a part of this conversation. How do you encourage women um, to embrace their imperfection? I know there's a lot of work with Brene Brown, embracing your imperfections, and, and that um, that sort of narrative we're seeing come to light in the media, and, and that's really been encouraged with women. How do you see that manifesting with women entrepreneurs specifically? Because you know, if, if imperfection comes at the cost of a successful business or that or that perception is there. How do you navigate those conversations and encourage women to embrace their imperfection? Yeah, it's a good question, Kayla, because it does, um, if we already have a sense of needing to be perfect, then it is already like, um, it's already affecting every one of our, one, mm. our lives, right? Like our personal life, our professional life, our, um, our goals and our dreams. And so really though, it's, it's that, idea of being perfect comes from a fear. It comes from a fear that, you know, whatever is behind it is whether we think that we won't be accepted or whether we think that we're going to get it wrong and somehow it's going to like, you know, move us out of, I have no idea, move us out of the, the, um, idea of being, um, 
you know, sought out by others. Mm-hmm. So I really, I really encourage uh, the women that I work with both uh, as a client and both at, in the organization of the WBN, I encourage them to show up and put their best foot forward and that, and that perfection is not what we're looking for, right? So it, by creating also to an environment that's safe, safe for them to make mistakes or safe for all of us to make mistakes, then we we get at that fear piece that drives the perfection, right? So mm-hmm. if we create a safe environment where people can show up and and it doesn't have to look a certain way, that we we are then creating fostering a society that does have the ability for people to um, explore putting down those safeguards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that progress over perfection attitude is something that I've always tried to <laughs> embed yes. into to my own working style. And it, it at, um, you know, it's, it's been very challenging. I have to say personally, that's always been a hurdle for me. Uh, and I know it is for a lot of our audience um, that, that listened, and especially when the stakes feel so high, um, when you're starting your business and you feel like there is no room to fail um, and that you're already sort of set up to fail based on just the statistics of, mm-hmm. um, you know, growing a business. So how, how would you recommend... Um, as women entrepreneurs try to grow their businesses and as they are going into these entrepreneurial journeys, how do you encourage this um, comfort with failure in a way that doesn't um, compromise the success of the business? Where is that line and how do you navigate these really uncomfortable and challenging moments um, when that failure feels so consequential to the success of the, the business you're trying to grow? It, de- right, it does, right, Kayla? Like it's... Mm-hmm. Um, it can really be this and like not an and situation. It's a or situation. Like they, exactly. they feel like they need to keep going or push or grind or, you know, to make sure that it doesn't fail. And and I think that, um, that their business doesn't fail. And I think it's not even a question about failure, really. It's a question about being comfortable with the unknown, because mm. I think that we can get a lot more done when we're not trying to do it perfectly, when mm-hmm. we're not trying to get an A plus, like when we don't really, we're not looking for outside validation that um, we're we're doing an excellent job we we don't care whether the star goes on our paper right like mm-hmm. we we can get a lot more done and completed and in fact you know battle a lot of procrastination tactics that we might mm-hmm. have if we're if we're looking at okay what needs to be done here what what and does it it doesn't need to be done to a degree of getting um getting that A, right? Mm-hmm. And I think for uh, for a lot of us, uh, I had my own experience with um, meeting that moment where, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> like mm. the devastating moment of like, you know what, I'm really trying to be perfect here. I'm trying to do what I think that other person wants me to do. And it is not working. Like if it's not work, like be able to assess, right? If our behavior patterns are not working, if they're not getting the desired results that we want, then we have to rethink the behavior pattern, right? Like we Mm -hmm. have to rethink whether that is actually going to be something that supports us moving forward. And I think Mm -hmm. it's important too, because we often think that 
if we're if we're using these tactics to a win kind of comes to mind to win or to be mm. on top, mm-hmm. um, then we're oftentimes really missing the point that we're already doing it. Like we already mm. are, um, we already are who we think we're trying to be, right? We already, mm. uh, we already are. I already, I, in the moment that I felt that I was not going to, it was a moment where I felt like I wasn't going to pass my yoga therapy training. And in that moment, I thought, you know what? I'm already a yoga therapist. I'm already seeing clients. Like it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter that I get this certificate because I'm already doing it. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really important for women to, to recognize that they already are something right? Like they don't need the, the perfect, the perfect A or the perfect certificate or the, whatever the, the thing is that they think they need, they already are something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's sort of that, that unconditional, uh, mindset that it's a, that your, your schema or how you see yourself is not conditional on something happening a specific way that you already are who you are. And then this is sort of a part of who you are, but it's not, um, kind of a one-to-one. So when um, so with the Women's Business Network, um, the WBN, can you walk us through um, how what your experience has been like with the WBN? What resources uh, that you provide for women entrepreneurs that really supports them based on everything that we've kind of just discussed um, and all of the challenges that women entrepreneurs face? Sure. Uh, so I joined the WBN about six, seven years ago. It was very early on in my entrepreneurial career um, and in my business. And um, what I first loved about the WBN is that there was this supportive group of women that just wanted you to be your best, right? Mm. Like they're they're really, they're looking out for you, they're checking in on you and they want you to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was lovely for me. Like I hadn't come from a background of having a lot of girlfriends or um, supportive women figures. So this was a new experience for me and I really enjoyed it. And it helped me because I... I was still fresh as an entrepreneur. I rebranded my business three times, Mm. right? Like I was still (laughs) evolving, you know, myself and I was evolving my business and I was evolving my, what I was bringing to the world and, and to be in a place where I could show up and say, I, yeah, I don't know who I am today. Like I have no, (laughs) I have no idea. Like that is, that is priceless, right? Like, especially for women entrepreneurs. And so the WBN, what I love also about it is that it has a corporate structure, mm-hmm. which is interesting for entrepreneurs because um, I think that a lot of us leave corporations or businesses to start on our own because we weren't happy with something. So sometimes that's the motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, but coming back in in a different way that's so um, generous and supportive, you get to learn a lot of um, things like leading leading a team, leading a meeting, mm-hmm. um, you know, having difficult conversations and like all of these different uh, things that are so important negotiations in scaling your business, right? Because it's fine for entrepreneur for us to step away from that model and say, I want to create something else. But a lot of the tools in that corporate model are used when we start scaling our business or we start growing, you know, past the solopreneur and into the organization. And I think that the WBN is a really great uh, place for um, learning and growing in that way. Fantastic. So as a woman entrepreneur, what specific resources would I be able to go to the WBN for? 
So we provide networking events. So if you're you're looking to grow your network, that's definitely the place to go. Um, we also provide like mini learning sessions. So things that women entrepreneurs need to know as they're starting their business or even as they're starting to like um, just feel a little bit more comfortable in their business and explore new things um, like branding and marketing and um, really um, thinking about, um, oh, do I need to trademark this or do I <laughs> right? Like, do I need to um, explore incorporation? So um, we provide, you know, small learning bits, but we also have this great mentorship program, which we kicked off last year. Um, so that's pairing um, women who are new in their business or new in their careers with women who have more experience. And the, the mentorship has been really highly successful. And that's part of the WBN membership, actually. So it's not an additional cost, which fantastic. is which is fantastic, right? So and you you can decide, you know, what, what networking events really suit you. We have morning, you know, lunchtime, we have evening, um, we also do celebrate the Business Women of the Year Award. That's mm. our big um, celebratory every year. And in this way, we recognize, you know, emerging entrepreneurs and established entrepreneurs. And so this is a great way to um, gain more recognition and spread your brand across the city. Amazing. And so with the, the network that you're engaging with, what are you seeing as being the biggest challenge that um, women entrepreneurs are facing at the beginning of their businesses? The biggest challenge that I see is really... Um, I want to say trusting themselves, trusting mm, themselves, mm -hmm. um, and also seeking out um, that you don't have to do it on your own, right? Like trust yourself and trust, you know, other people because they, they kind of go hand in hand, right? So as long as we're, we have that trust in ourselves and who we are, then we can trust other people to also um, contribute or help us. And, uh, and that is really, you know, where we start to build on then our um, sense of self and really um, prioritize um, bringing forth who we are, right? And, and in that way, we kind of tackle our own self-doubt and our own self um, self idea that we're maybe not good enough. Mm. And so what tips would you have for, for audience members who might be having that kind of gut feeling and that I find sometimes when I have that self doubt, it, it kind of pops up in a very sneaky way, but then it, it keeps almost recycling every day in, in different moments and it manifests in, in different spaces. What would you recommend as a good tip to sort of stop that negative self talk or that self doubt or that imposter syndrome that, you know, I, I don't deserve to be here or uh, who am I to say that um, I can start a business. What tips do you have um, to really um, stop that type of uh, really negative thinking? Um, what I have loved using, Kayla, is the idea and going back to the idea that the brain will find proof of what we believe in. Mm. So when we remember that, when we have these self-doubt um, uh, thoughts come up, then we can quickly catch ourselves and we can say, okay, so right now my brain is searching for proof that that is true because I don't believe in myself very much. Um, or, you know, I have this, you know, I may be 80% believe in myself, but 20% I don't. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then re 
redirecting the brain, right? So when was a time that I can remember where I felt confident and I believed in myself 100% or the situation proved to me that I was completely capable of, um, you know, handling it or being part of something. And when we start to, to shift the brain in this way and we look for other examples, we then see more of those examples come up. Mm. But when we're caught in a pattern of, of consistently looking at what's not working or where we're not showing up or being, you know, showing that we're, we belong to be there. Um, that's what we're going to see and find, right? So it's, it's really being almost, um, you know, like having that level of awareness of, mm-hmm. oh, here, here I am doing that thing again. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> and then redirect myself, right? So even if it means sitting down for a second and really like writing out, you know, a list and keeping that list, like maybe on your phone or something so that you can always go back to it and be like, okay, here's where I am, you know, like, you know, my self-doubt getting to me. I'm almost thinking about like chickening out essentially mm-hmm. of like maybe walking into a networking event or, you know, standing up and speaking in front of the group or, you know, presenting um, my knowledge at a lunch and learn or becoming an expert or going online and doing video, right? Like, and bringing out that list and being like, okay, so these are the times when it actually like worked out or somebody said, mm-hmm. yes, that was great. And thank you for sharing that, you know, so that we can go through that list and really be like, yeah, I belong here. I belong doing this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. I've been thinking so much about that and, and the narratives that we construct in our mind that are sometimes based off of, you know, a, a gut, not even so much a gut, but one tiny little miscalculated step in your mind, you could think, oh, I completely sabotaged this meeting or, you know, that interaction I completely compromised or this business deal is going to go sour because of one, one component. And then that narrative, you just sort of run through it in your mind and you find exactly those reinforcing points that tells you that you're potentially not worth it or, you know, all of those Mm -hmm. different um, things that build in your mind. But if you catch yourself in that initial moment and then bolster that, um, that, way that you're thinking with other positive proof points, then you're really catching it um, at the beginning and and not letting yourself sort of go into this this path of ne- negative self-talk that then shapes your perception of yourself. Um, so that that's great advice. Um, if you can think of other pieces of advice that you wish you had at the beginning of this journey that you've had, um, you know, personally and um, with the Women's Business Network, what would be other pieces of advice um, you wish you had at the beginning of your journey? Uh, the piece, the main piece, I thought about this today that I wish I had at the beginning of my journey was to trust myself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I only really circled back around to that this year, to be honest with you, Kayla, was that I thought to myself, somebody had posted something and it said, you know, women who like radically trust themselves. And I was like, do I do that? <laughs> like, like, yeah. you know, and I really started to wonder, you know, it, it do I have that? And so, and the, cause I had trust in a lot of things. And so I don't think I was a hundred percent until that moment. I was like, okay, I don't know that I a hundred percent trust in myself. And that means that I trust in my decisions. Mm. I trust in my, you know, my thoughts. I follow my intuition. I, um, you know, it's not something separate from me coming in. It's me. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, this, this key, I think 
the more we can develop it, develop it, the more we can trust ourselves, the more confident we will be, the more successful we will be, the more we will show up and we will, you know, we will rise and we will help other women rise, right? Mm -hmm. Because we will say like, you know, I trust you and, you know, trust that you can trust yourself too. Mm -hmm. That's, that's such an important point. And how, uh, what does that look like? Sort of when you do have that complete trust, um, what does that look like from an entrepreneur perspective? How do you sort of know that you've gotten there? I think, you know, because you are not bombarded by outside influences, Mm -hmm. right? And swayed. (laughs) And swayed, right? So we are easily, when we are untrusting of our own self, our own intuition, our own knowledge, our our own, and and that's not to say that we don't continue learning because Mm -hmm. we do, but there's a difference between learning um, and growing and being swayed and kind of ping-ponged back and forth between ideas that come out in the media. Mm. Um, I think that when we're in that kind of ping-ponging behavior and we're easily pulled in another direction, even though we know the direction, we know what direction to take, um, that's where we need to start looking at, you know, do we trust ourselves? Because learning is a different thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's separating those two things out because Mm -hmm. yes, always learning and growing and benefiting yourself. And that has to do with trusting yourself as well, right? Like trusting what is it that you need? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what is it that you need and honoring that and not being swayed with, okay, this is what I need, but maybe this is pressing in a, a different direction. And that comes to your point of putting yourself first, that really being clear with what you need to, um, to thrive and feel comfortable and to succeed in your own skin. Um, that really needs to come first uh, before sort of the, the output that comes after that. Um, so that's that's a fantastic reminder. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So um, to sort of wrap things up, where can um, our network find more information about the Women's Business Network um, and activating with all these fantastic resources that you provide? Yeah, you can find the Women's Business Network at womensbusinessnetwork.ca. Um, we have a great online portal where you can get to know uh, what the WBN stands for and what our purpose and mission is. Uh, we have a monthly breakfast that happens every month. Um, we can, And that's a great place to jump in. We have ambassadors that connect with you. Um, so even if you're thinking of becoming a member, you just want to check out the network, we assign an ambassador to you to make sure that you feel welcome when you walk in the room mm-hmm. um, and that you are feeling that the essential, the, the feeling of being part of the WBN. Um, so that's a great place to jump in, but we have, we have uh, newcomers that jump in for all sorts of different reasons and all sorts of different times, um, especially women who are new to Ottawa. They mm-hmm. love to come and be part of the network because right away they've increased their network yeah. tenfold, right? So, um, so yeah, so finding us at uh, womensbusinessnetwork.ca, we're also on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on LinkedIn, you know, um, checking us out on any of our social media channels is a great idea too. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Jessica. And if there's one more, I know you've had so many wonderful pieces of advice (laughs) to our audience today. Is there one more actionable piece of advice that you'd like to leave um, our guests with right now? I listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. So listen to your inner inner knowing. Um, sometimes it's a yes, and when it's a yes, do it. And sometimes it's a no, and when it's a no, do not do it because you are sacrificing your own health, your mental, your physical well-being um, by you know 
saying yes when you really mean no. Mm, I love that. Fantastic. Well, that that is a fantastic takeaway um, to our audience today. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jessica. Thank you, Kayla. I had a great time. Thank you for joining us this week on The Thrive Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, BDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook Resources for Women Entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. Visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rick Spence and plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to thrive.